0: How does writing meaningful, conscious paragraphs during your experiences aid you in your medical school application? What is a med school master? Why is a scribe known as a shadow on the wall, and how does it impact someone as the most influential experience in becoming a doctor? What are three valuable tips to the secret of balancing school, work, and applying to medical school? Today on Talking Missions of Med Student Life, I interview Pam, a first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Okay, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. We've got a great guest today, Pam. Yay. An uh, incoming medical student. How does it feel?
1: Um, relieving. Definite, like the minute you called me, there was a shift in my mentality from being a premed to like an M one half student. So. Does the
0: anxiety go down?
1: Yes, at least for or the does time it just being. Shift? It kind of shifts, Migrates. okay. But right now, you know, school doesn't start for another month, mm-hmm. so it definitely can be boxed up in the back of my brain.
0: Okay, so. all right. Well, let's first of all talk about your application. Like, what are the tips you have for people who are applying? Like, how did you put together, obviously, a very uh, successful, strong application.
1: Are we talking more like writing it up or Look, actually? Everything. We can,
0: we can talk about the writing.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Writing is a lot. It takes a lot of time to write well. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's kind of the hardest thing about it is you can't do it fast. You can't really cram an application into one day or you shouldn't. And so I began... Someone had told me when I was doing kind of my medical experiences to start writing, you know, kind of like stream of consciousness paragraphs about what I thought. So I guess I started writing like my sophomore year, kind of.
0: You started writing your med school application? Sort During your second year?
1: Not my essays, but yeah. more. I don't even think many of them even made the cut to the essay, but mm-hmm. more of just, you know, your thoughts. I saw this patient today. It made me think, Wow you know, this physician and this patient had such a strong relationship. I want to have relationships like that or whatever you feel from. So
0: almost like you kept like a, a journal of your different activities and experiences.
1: Yeah. Okay. And it, even if it was just a sentence or two, it'll jog your memory back to that day and that patient you saw or whatever you did. That's a really
0: great idea. You, did you come up that yourself or did a mentor <gasps> mention that to you or where did that come from?
1: I think, oh gosh, I don't even know where I came. I think a med student who would have been two or three years older than me that went through it, Mm -hmm. had told me keep track of everything that you do. And so I thought I might as well write the, I don't know, everything that I think about it too.
0: Well, I think it's a good life skill. Like, you know, when I interact with uh, people who may be interested in med school, I kind of tell them, like, no matter what you do in life, you're going to need references, referral letters. And so it's kind of good to kind of keep those. People keep in touch with them, phone numbers, email addresses. And the same thing could be said about different activities. Um, You know, something now that physicians struggle with is updating our CVs our resumes Mm because we do so much different stuff. And -hmm. then when you go in like, Oh, what was I doing? So like people kind of say like, you know, attendings have been told that once a month you should go in there and just update your CV. Look back over the past month and just update it because there's so much stuff going on. And just to put it in
1: there. Yeah. So what I did, um, I'm very digitally inclined, I guess I had an Excel sheet And I called it my med school master. Mm. And I still, I looked at it right before I came today to kind of refresh everything. (laughs) So, you know, you can make little tabs on your Excel sheet. So Mm -hmm. I had everything from my pre-med experiences and I kept the same sheet all the way through acceptance. So I kept track of all my secondaries and the costs and whatnot.
0: You should continue that throughout med school. Because, like, I hate to break it to you. It doesn't end. (laughs) Because you're going to have residency applications in four short years. Yeah. (laughs) It's the exact same material. Let's, let's take a step back. Um, so, Idaho. Yes. Born and raised?
1: Uh, born in Illinois, actually. Okay. But I moved to Idaho when I was five. Okay. Um, so, kind of raised.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, when did you decide to go to med school? Where, when Did that happen? in High school? In college?
1: Um, my mom is a nurse. So, I think, you know, I'd always heard her stories from work and whatnot, and I thought they were really cool. So, I think I was kind of healthcare inclined, mm-hmm. probably my whole life. Um, I didn't start shadowing until... The summer before my sophomore year. And Mm -hmm. I'm straight traditional throughout high school, college, and now med school. So
0: You graduated this year, 2017?
1: Okay. So that would have been two years before I applied. I started kind of shadowing. But I didn't start shadowing physicians. Mm -hmm. I started shadowing nurses, actually, and then kind of made my way around the healthcare team Mm -hmm. to settle on the role of a physician, which I think was really helpful, especially in interviews when they ask you, why do you want to be a physician? Mm -hmm. So.
0: So uh, how did you choose your undergrad? Where did you
1: go? Uh, so I went to Idaho State University. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. <laughs> and I, so I looked around. I knew I wanted to go in state because mm-hmm. I'm pretty frugal. So I wanted to go to the most cost-effective undergraduate education that I could. Um, my, I guess my top two choices were U of I and Idaho State because I was looking for a smaller class size. Mm-hmm. And then ISU just appealed to me when I went and toured. Uh, it was like a beautiful November day with the— trees all
0: and the school colors of brown and orange <laughs> just did it, yeah,
1: it. yeah yeah those colors but it was really great ISU uh, ended up having the perfect balance between a big school and a small school for me mm-hmm. so for example like there are are significant research opportunities uh, but there aren't much competition for them mm-hmm. so if you're interested in something and you're a decent student if you talk to the professor or whatnot that's running the project it's pretty easy to get in so ISU was great that way
0: so ISU is in Pocatello mm-hmm. uh, a city, not a not a huge metropolis. <laughs> so my question for you, Pam, is how did you do all these pre-med activities in a smaller town? How is that possible?
1: Um, let's see so I'll walk you I'll walk everyone through kind of the I guess the realization that being in a small town isn't the best for pre-med activities. So the summer before my sophomore year, when I started shadowing, I was in Boise. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to network in Boise because there are so many hospitals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So if you shadow someone, you can say, hey, do you know any pediatricians? I'd really like to see you know, what the life of a pediatrician is like, whatnot then when you get to Pocatello, it gets a little bit harder because mm-hmm. there are less of those people. Uh, so I kind of started to outsource. I worked at EIRMAC, Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center, which is in Idaho Falls, about 45 minutes away. Mm. So I was kind of networking the whole Eastern Idaho region by the end of my pre-med time. So I guess... It's a long the, <laughs> drive. Yeah. The answer is to branch out. If mm-hmm. you can't find the things that you need in the area you are, try other areas.
0: And then, is this where you did the scribing? So yeah. You yeah. Okay. Well, so what is what is a scribe? Because I think this is growing in popularity. But, you know, there might be a high school listener out there who does not know what yeah, this is. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, scribing is amazing, first of all. But uh, I was an emergency room scribe. So what we would do is we were assigned a physician for that shift, and we would basically have a little laptop on a cart, and we would follow the physician around with the uh, electronic health record open and chart all of their patient encounters. So our goal was to have, like, everything done by the time we exited the room.
0: Are you typing or clicking boxes or both? All
1: of it. Okay. Yeah. So we would do the majority. Um, sometimes physicians, like on a complex patient, they'd say, hey, like, let me write the differential diagnosis and whatnot that they do. And so they would kind of just guide you through the day. But for-
0: are you allowed to kind of interrupt the physician? Can, like, you say it one more time slower, or you just have to roll with the punch? No, uh,
1: I. Well, I <laughs> is personally this something you develop but you get better at. It? Yeah, yeah, you kind of just want to be like a shadow on the wall right. and not really talking when you're. Basically, like when you're shadowing job shadowing, you kind of want to be there and observing, okay. but not making a scene or getting in the way of the patient physician contact. Um, so sometimes, like we would have Spanish speaking patients, and I don't speak Spanish and the physician would, like, be fluent in Spanish. So they would be talking in Spanish, and I'd be trying to, like, decipher what's going on. Uh, but then just when you get back out of the room into the hallway, you can say, hey, can you give me a rundown in English, and then type it up. But it was really great. It was, I think, the most influential experience in deciding that I want to be a physician. Why is that? Um, I So I wrote about this in my application, and this can kind of give an example for something that I think would be a good thing to write in an application. Um, I did diabetic research, and so we did a lot of, like, protein and sugar chemistry research, and we saw a lot of diabetic patients, and one in particular uh, had to get his foot amputated, and that was really, I guess, meaningful to me because I had been studying the effects of uh, detrimental effects of diabetes mellitus and to Mm -hmm. see it, like, in action in a person. That was when I thought... I don't want to go to like research school and get a PhD. I want to be a clinician and I want to see patients that are affected by this science. So that like those types of experiences that I would never get that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and that, uh, as a physician, you can treat, help someone along. It's like, a, you know, people sometimes, you know, talk about, you know, people have done diabetic research, but like you said, they want to work with people because mm-hmm. diabetes as a disease, um, You know, there's a lot of research into it. There's a lot of information. But when a person has diabetes, that experience is singular to them. And that journey they have from being non-diabetic to diabetic or, you know, or they're trying to lose weight or they're trying to manage their sugars better. Um, it's unique to that person, and that—that that is how I view what physicians do more than researchers, is they help those different people on those journeys.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that was another part of my pre-med journey. Before, I guess it was technically pre-med, was deciding uh, whether I wanted to do research, which for a while that was really what I wanted to do um, mm-hmm. or do medicine and kind of be one-on-one with patients and hearing their stories. And scribing really gave me that, like, what 700 hours of work and whatnot of figuring out that I do want to be one-on-one with people and
0: was there ever a time that like something happened in the exam room and you had to kind of stop scribing and like help the doc
1: no okay. no right. I like I said I was definitely a shadow on the wall I, you know, so, I just, like
0: maybe someone was coding no. or you know someone <laughs> um, become combative
1: <laughs> I don't actually know if we were allowed it might have been in our rules that we were kind of just supposed okay. to be okay still right. and leave the room yeah <laughs> A couple times, uh, patients would ask for like privacy, mm-hmm. and so you would have to leave the room for that. But.
0: And that might happen as a medical student, yeah. too. Every once in a while, a patient bounces you out of the room. For sure. And patients a, have the right to not have a medical student in the
1: room. Definitely so. understandable, too.
0: So uh, what other activities did you do?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I did. I ran track and cross-country for mm-hmm. Idaho State, which was a fun experience. It also taught me a lot um, about kind of – medical school in a roundabout way because you learn how to balance your time and, mm-hmm. you know, get school done, but also be working on your health and improving your social life and whatnot. Um,
0: were you a long distance person or short? Distance yeah, person? I or ran cross jump? country. Did you jump over things or did you no, throw objects? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, I ran cross country. So I did the long distance okay. thing. Yeah. Which was fun. Okay. It was fun. Um,
0: is Idaho state any good? I don't follow Idaho.
1: Yeah. we're cross country. We're pretty good. Okay um yeah
0: you're fast okay
1: hmm. cool <laughs> i'm not i'm totally out of shape now okay. but i might run if like someone was chasing me now that's where i'm at
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay hmm. so you did uh you ran track cross country What else mm-hmm.
1: did you do? um towards the end this didn't make my med school application but it was uh one of the really formative things that I think it's kind of leaning me towards a career maybe in pediatrics. I was a court appointed special advocate. Yeah. I would have to
0: say you did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. With youth. Okay. Yeah.
1: So all of the things with youth. Um,
0: so CASA, CASA. CASA. Okay. So court appointed special advocate.
1: My, I guess, passion for aiding the underserved youth mm-hmm. uh, began back in that summer before my sophomore year. So that was, I guess, a very formative year for me becoming a pre-med. I worked at the boys and girls club of Ada County mm-hmm. in Meridian, Idaho. And I had some really amazing experiences there. And I kind of learned at that point that I am a human and I can touch other humans' lives and make them better. Like, I can leave a positive impact on different situations. And that, once again, was not a technically medical experience, but something that has driven me to do medical things.
0: Well, it's a human, it's a humanity experience.
1: Yeah. 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 And um, so I learned... I guess at that moment that my passion is aiding the underserved. Mm-hmm. And I think that that drove me to do all of the other pre-med activities and whatnot that mm-hmm. I've done.
0: So what is a court appointed special advocate to do do? Exactly?
1: So we would uh, meet with the families in question of child abuse cases. Mm-hmm. And then our whole goal is to try to figure out what's best for the child. And then we would write a report mm-hmm. kind of like a chart actually for like medical things. And we would submit it to the judge, mm-hmm. and then the judge would take us into consideration when they make the decision of, you know, putting the child in foster care or reunited with the family.
0: Would you meet them, the family, over a series of like series of different yeah. appointments, and would you be with them at the court when yeah. it all goes down, or how's that? Work? Um, so
1: we we would be in the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would also meet with the family as regularly as you'd like. Uh, it was really interesting. Uh, once again. It's really fascinating and kind of the humanitarian aspect of medicine, which appeals to me a lot. Um, it, was, it was a great opportunity, and I know that most areas, especially in Idaho, are in need of CASAs. So mm-hmm. if anyone out there is feeling like this might be up your alley, I definitely suggest reaching out and seeing what you can do to help.
0: I think the Mission Committee loves that type of stuff because, again, like you said, you're helping others, you're serving the underserved, and you're making a difference, a huge, powerful difference mm-hmm. in someone's life. Would you, like, re- work with a social worker
1: on this, or is it just kind of... Yeah. It,
0: to me, that seems like a lot of responsibility.
1: No, yeah. so we were volunteers. Okay. Um, I had a supervisor... Um,
0: who read your report. Yeah, okay. who
1: I would send everything to. Oh, okay. And then that... We're not health and welfare or child protective services. We're, like, a totally different entity. Mm-hmm. And our, like I said, our whole goal is just to worry about the kids.
0: Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, MCAT. Oh. <laughs> when did you take it? How did you study?
1: Um, so I took it on April 1st, April Fool's Day okay. of that like spring before I applied in the summer.
0: So this is 2016.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the reason I chose April 1st, even though it was kind of early, was because I wanted to have time to study and retake it if mm-hmm. I needed to. Um I luckily didn't, or thankfully. I don't know. I did the work to study, so I guess it wasn't really luck. But So
0: you just bought a bunch of review books, or did you enroll in a course? Or
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, I. So my significant other, my fiancé, is a year ahead of me. So he had exam cracker books from when he took the MCAT, mm-hmm. and then I signed up for a Kaplan course. Mm. So I um, took his exam cracker books and kind of started reviewing them, and then I took the Kaplan course, which is kind of spendy, but I definitely think How it's – I believe it was 2200 2200 yeah. American dollars? Yeah. Wow. But the application cycle was really expensive, too. Okay. So well, we'll
0: talk about that. Yeah. All right. So is this the Kaplan where you go there and lecture? Or no. is this the online? I
1: looked into one. So Pocatello's in kind of the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. as far as Kaplan believes. So our closest site was here in Salt Lake City, which is about a two-hour drive. It's a long drive. Um, so I actually considered coming mm-hmm. all the way down to Salt Lake once a week, but it wasn't going to work. So I did their live online class. Mm. Um, so it was like a webcam based. The teacher's on a webcam, but you're not. So they can't like, see your face or anything, but you're on a chat. So the teacher would be talking. And if you had a question, you could type so it was into synchronous. the chat. It
0: was not asynchronous, meaning it was not recorded. You couldn't watch it later.
1: No, but they did have um, pre-recorded lectures, oh, I see. so they yeah. weren't the exact same one that you got. But no. if you wanted to see more or whatever, see it from a different perspective.
0: A lot of these companies like make kind of these vague guarantees, like "Oh, if you take our course, you, we guarantee you'll get ninetieth percentile." Did yeah, it, did, did it have something like that? Or
1: they said if you're unsatisfied with your score, um, I believe you can call like within a month after receiving your score you go and retake lengthy the lengthy
0: bureaucratic yeah. process yeah. To try <laughs> to get some of your money back. It will make you feel um, bad about trying.
1: Yeah. It and um, thankfully, I actually called. I went through the lengthy bureaucratic process. Oh, you did? Yeah, because okay. I was, you know, like most pre-meds, like I'm not going to get in the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone ever really thinks they're going to get in the first time. Um, and so I was like, oh, look, I guess maybe my MCAT score isn't going to be good enough. So I'll call and you can, like, sign up for another free course. Basically, oh, so there. Before you got your MCAT score back, or I after? I got my MCAT score back. Mm-hmm. I was still, you know, nervous, even though it was That's a good score. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good enough. Good. It got me interviews places. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I called them and I scheduled a class for like December of like Christmas six months ago. They give
0: that to you for free or a Yeah, or? no,
1: they give it to you for free one okay. time. Okay. And I figured, you know, if I haven't gotten any news by December, I'll restudy and I'll retake it because mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt anything. And luckily, I had gotten many offer or not offers interviews by that time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to class. Yeah.
0: Um, did you look at like, uh, the con Academy or like free online stuff? Okay. Um, the week
1: before, so my test was April 1st and our spring break was like, the week before that friday so i had spring break and then a week of class and my test was on friday so for spring break literally i watched every Khan academy video on two times speed mm-hmm. so that was my spring break
0: and those are significantly cheaper than kaplan they're free yes
1: yeah and and they're great okay. um i would you say
0: they're the same quality as kaplan i don't know we might have to strike this. The Kaplan lawyers might listen
1: to this. <laughs> Dr. Jan, you can't be talking
0: about this. Time. Okay.
1: Kaplan is great because you can ask questions okay. versus Khan Academy. You know, they give you a 10-minute video, yeah, which it's like is – Yeah, a one-way. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Kaplan was also great because when I was having my little neurotic pre-med episodes of I'm never going to be good enough, you know, my MCAT score is going to be the worst it can possibly be. They'd be like, hey, look at like this – objective facts of your test scores like your practice tests and whatnot so oh definitely recommend taking practice tests they are
0: which ones where
1: i took the kaplan ones but i'm sure they're all i've heard altius test prep is like eastern idaho and utah which is probably applicable to our audience um i've heard their tests are pretty good Mm -hmm. um pretty hard but i am kind of of the belief that if you take harder practice tests it'll make the real thing seem easy so
0: All right. Mm, Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, how many medical schools did you apply to?
1: Um, I applied to 19, but I filled out 18 secondaries.
0: And then what kind of – you mentioned cost. So how much did this all cost?
1: So including – I went to three interviews, two um, kind of towards the East Coast. And then one here, which was basically free to come to, mm-hmm. and my total cost was about four grand, and that was not including the Kaplan course, including mm-hmm. uh, the primary, secondary, and then interview costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty expensive. Yeah,
0: and that that matches what I'm hearing. Like, uh, uh, you know, people are applying should apply to twenty to twenty five mm-hmm. schools. Um, did you apply to DOMD?
1: No, I was I was going to. Um, For the longest time, and then I got my MCAT score back, and it was had passed the threshold of being competitive for MD schools. So um, I figured I'd just go with the one application, and then.
0: And how'd you pick the nineteen then?
1: Um, So Idaho, it's we're kind of in a sad situation at the moment with MD schools, but at the same point, it's kind of a happy situation. Um, Definitely, you have Whammy and University of Utah; those Mm -hmm. are like a no-brainer, or they should be, for every Idaho resident. Um, And then I looked at the AEMC has data that they publish on, like, schools that accept what percentage of of out-of-state versus Mm in-state. So since we will be out-of-state for every single medical school, you can just go look and see what schools accept the highest amount of of out-of-state. And that was kind of the – that was my first cut Mm -hmm. through – I think there's, what, 230 med schools or something Uh, like that?
0: I think there's less than that. I think there's only about 150 or so.
1: Okay. So I went through the list of all of them. And cut out all the ones that didn't accept a lot of out-of-staters.
0: Damn, that's brilliant. Because when I was applying to med school, I didn't do that. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't do that. And they get enamored. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh California. Yeah. And it's... like When you apply to a California... Like, University of California, San Francisco. Th- it's really, really hard to get in as a non-resident. Oh, yeah. Into a California state medical school. Just to give you an example. So... Um, Yeah, it's like no medical school – like no one discriminates on the basis of religion, gender – Sex, you know, uh, creed, all that stuff. Oh, there's tons of discrimination when it comes to state residents. Oh, that's amazing. And we do that, too. It's definitely easier to get into University of Utah if you're a Utah resident or an Idaho resident by far.
1: For sure. So that was the biggest first cut. And then things get a little bit more labor intensive. Mm -hmm. Um, I went in and started actually reading mission statements. Uh, The MSAR, the online database of Mm -hmm. all of them, is very good for kind of a first look superficial view of mm-hmm. medical schools but um when it comes time to secondaries which i'm sure we'll get to mm-hmm. i don't think i personally don't believe the MSAR cuts it for doing research on schools i think you actually have to go to their website and
0: so you applied at 19 filled yes. out 18 yes and how many of the 18 sent secondaries did all of them send yeah okay all right and usually those come with more money more fees yes anywhere from 20 to 150 bucks so for sure there. um and so it's almost like and during this entire time you're you're going to school you're working you're running <laughs> how do you do it what's your secret
1: um, I think my secret kind of has three things um, the first one is to find things that I like
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then the second one which kind of goes along with that is you have to have a passion for the things that you're doing if you're gonna be doing a lot you can't like hate every minute of it or th- really think of it as even work you know that especially you know doing all of the all of the things that you want to do to make an impact or a positive impact on your community, Mm -hmm. you got to find your little area that you're going to feel like, wow, this is great. I want to do this every single day. Um, So I guess that's kind of my secret. And then the final thing is always kind of being a hundred percent where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I, I try really hard to not be thinking about, Like a future activity while I'm doing an activity, and I think that helps the process flow of busy days. Yeah, and like one single event at Mm -hmm. a time.
0: Would you block out time in your schedule? Like, uh, I'm gonna run from like eight to nine, but between nine and ten, I'm gonna work on secondaries. Yeah. Would you kind? Would you? you Organized or?
1: So I, I'm definitely like the biggest planner that there is. I have like many different platforms. I have like a written planner and also Google calendars Mm -hmm. running at the same time um but for secondaries one of my mentor students she was a year ahead of me she's at john hopkins right now mm-hmm. and i emailed her because you know she got into johns hopkins so i was like she she must know what hopkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah she must know what she's doing yeah. so i said you know how'd you do it what tips do you have for me and she told me the second you submit your primaries start looking for secondary prompts online because they should have a database like I can't remember the website. If you Google, like, secondary, yeah, Yeah. and they have, you know, you can find them on Student Doctor Network and whatnot of the secondaries from the last few years, and so she said, you know, start writing essays because you're you're done with your AMCAS, so instead of having a dead three or four weeks, you can start writing, and then you can, when those secondaries come, you can just submit them and be, like, the first one that they look at, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did that. Um, it was a very – I think I wrote 77 essays in three weeks wow. for my secondaries. That's amazing. It was intense. But some of them were pretty
0: – Were you able to use certain yeah, essays for other schools? I
1: like mean, not the whole essay, but kind of the of story it? or yeah. the idea. Um, definitely the harder ones for me were why do you want to come to this school, those mm-hmm. types of secondaries, because you have to do a lot of research and think like, oh, my gosh, really? Mm-hmm. Like what sets – Yale School of Medicine apart from Brown School of Medicine or whatever. You have to find their little, like, thing that they pride themselves upon. I just
0: think of the difference between Connecticut and Rhode Island. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah, so true. And sometimes I think geographics can be a very good reason to pick applying Mm -hmm. to certain schools, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you have family nearby or... I don't know, you like to go to the mountains and you mm-hmm. want to come to Utah.
0: Or you you like being on these East Coast, being around a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You like for that sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, um,
0: so uh, filled out secondaries for 18 schools. How many yes. interview offers did you get?
1: Um, I got four total interview offers. Okay, good. Yeah.
0: So, you know, when I when I counsel people, when I talk to people, I, I kind of tell them, like, as you go through the process, you can kind of tell how strong an applicant you are by, like, you know, the rate of return. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you send out 20 applications and you only get one interview offer
1: <clears throat> kind yeah. of rolled
0: or hurt a lot right on the interview but if you get multiple interview offers you're kind of in a better spot for so, sure uh did you feel that way or did you yeah i know you can always want more but
1: i mean you always you want you want 100 yeah but you're not going to get it i don't think i'm i have i do not know do you have you ever heard of anyone getting 100 percent interview offers from applying to
0: there are some people out there that just naturally and we're talking perfect mcat scores perfect yeah GPAs, Breakthrough research in undergrad, they can run fast or throw objects yeah. or throw a ball through a hoop or something like yeah.
1: Rio twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the most people, uh, their rate of returns lower. They, you know, they send out a certain amount of applications and they don't get that many interview offers. Yeah, so.
1: and I think that's kind of what I had expected. Um, just a couple. I actually. Okay, so funny story. My mom is like my biggest support system in the world, Um, and we had filled out, we called it MD Brackets. Mm -hmm. So we wrote every school I applied to, and we guessed who was going to interview me. and Like a Final Four? Yeah, kind of, and like who would accept me, and then where I would go. Um, I,
0: was there money right on this? Is, no, is Betty, no, but there should have been legal in Boise. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but my mom was like spot on, which is crazy. Was but... this
0: posted at, did your mom work at a no, hospital clinic?
1: No, no. We put them in, in envelopes okay. and we like just hid them away and oh, we okay. weren't going to open all them right. until it was all done. Fair enough. Um, I think I only had myself interviewing at here, the U and then university of Washington. Um, my mom had me getting like eight. Which is-
0: parents as a general rule tend to be much more optimistic yeah, yeah. I so can we- tell you this is need of emissions yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: So if we average those two we're getting closer but um, so that was fun that was like
0: so tips before interview date um, would you do um, is there you know best Western is where it's at I mean what like
1: so I stayed- bars in
0: bars that morning of what yes so
1: I brought a huge like you know those giant bags that ladies wear like oversized bags. Um, uh, you mean like... like purses. Like purses. big purses. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, so I I found one and it was black and professional looking, but it's big. Mm-hmm. And so I could put like anything that I thought I might need if the emergency arises during the interview day. So I had like snacks, makeup, hair tie.
0: So do you watch Veep with No. The, okay. What is that? Uh, it's a show on HBO with Julie Louise Dreyfus, and she plays the vice president and she has a bag man, Gary. Uh-huh. And he carries... Like she turns to him and says, "I want chamomile tea." And he reaches in his bag. He just has it all oh, the time.
1: Yeah, bag. just like that. Yeah, so, so he's a
0: professional bag man. That's so, okay. exactly
1: kind of was my philosophy because okay. you so much rides on like an hour at some mm-hmm. of these interviews that you really don't want you know something to go wrong.
0: Was there an op, Was there an occasion where you had to? Was there an emergency or something happened that you needed something from the black bag?
1: Okay, so there was, I, my first interview...
0: Like a breath mint? I, a...
1: I got something, like, do you wear contacts? I do not wear okay, contacts. Okay, so anyone out there with contacts, if you get something in your eye or your contact like tears a little, mm-hmm. it's the most uncomfortable thing. And that happened in my first interview, and I didn't bring extra contacts. So my whole interview, my eye was like just in pain. So, so you
0: could have taken the contact out, Yeah,
1: right? but then I'd be totally blind.
0: Well, only in one eye, right? Yeah. yeah. And then if you had a little pirate patch.
1: <laughs> in bag, you just slap that on. And no one uh, would have been wiping. So bring okay. extra contacts okay. if you have. I don't know. That was just something that happened to me okay. uh, that I didn't foresee happening, which was sad. But um, I'm trying to think. I definitely brought uh, granola bar in my bag, and I remember at my first interview, lunch was not very big, and it also didn't appeal to me very much. So I like went into the bathroom and just shoved a granola bar in my face and mm-hmm. ran back out. Um,
0: Good. Yeah, what about, did you read your application the night
1: before? Yes. Okay. So I
0: That's another tip I give people is always reread your application the yeah. night
1: before. So. And um, I had taken notes on like all the different schools when I was applying, you know, that master Excel sheet, mm-hmm. writing about why, you know, why I chose this school instead of that school to send an application to. So I reread those notes and then I'd kind of go through their website again, just mm-hmm. see, I don't know. Okay. Um, but the funny thing is, is my first two interviews... I went through, like, the whole lengthy process the night before of, I think I kind of belabored it a little bit. Like, I looked through everything. I read my entire application maybe twice or three times and Mm -hmm. read all, and I, like, never stopped thinking about the interview. Um, My fiancé came back from school right before our interview here in Utah, Mm -hmm. and so he was able to come down with me. And we just, like, had a vacation in Utah, and then I showed up for my interview day, and I was like, hmm. I don't know. This so bring is your be, loved one with you. Yeah, and just kind of chill out. Okay. And it, I mean, Utah's interview is super fun. I had a blast at the MMI, and mm-hmm. my one on one interviewers were amazing.
0: Yeah, we got really good, remo- I mean, we get good feedback, but uh, especially great feedback on the MMI. And mm-hmm. I know most of the medical schools in Canada, and I would say the majority on the Western United States, have moved them in my model. But I know the East Coast schools are. More resistant. It, yeah. Did you do the MMI on the East Coast?
1: Or, no, so yeah. I interviewed uh, at Case Western Reserve, which okay. is pretty East Coast, mm-hmm. and we had.
0: Or the case, as we like The to
1: call case. It. Yeah. Uh, gosh, what did we have? I only had one faculty interviewer, I think it was an hour, and then a 30 minute medical school student interview. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I interviewed at Loyola Mm Stritch School of Medicine in Chicago. And that was, once again, I think it was like an hour with a faculty member and then 30 minutes with the president of the MS1 class. Mm -hmm. Um, So very kind of anxiety-inducing for me because so much was riding on an hour and a half.
0: All your risk is concentrated on one or two
1: interviews. Versus here. We spread the risk around. Yeah, yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the MMIs I definitely and I'm sure almost every pre med that gets an MMI interview offer is like, what? What is this? <laughs> what am I gonna do? And so I kinda came into it not really knowing much, but mm-hmm. just knowing, you know, I want to explain the way that I'm thinking. Did and you research
0: MMI before you came?
1: I read a couple things. Um I know
0: some undergrads I'm not sure what Idaho State does, but I know some undergrads uh, do mock MMI to help their applicants. So.
1: We don't. We don't have like a pre-medical interview, pre-interview thing, no. um, like through the career center and whatnot. But I did do just regular interviews with the mm-hmm. career center. Uh, I think I did about eight, and I just kind of did them once a week for the majority of the summer that I was applying. And then uh, you have the committee interview through mm. the pre-health committee at Idaho State, which was also another interview experience. So that's like a group. That was, yeah, interviews. for me, it We're was, kind of throwing grenades at you. yeah, okay. and they he told me my interviewer, my wonderful interviewer, uh, he's really awesome, but he told me up front, like, I'm gonna make this as hard as possible mm. for you, so I would say things, and he would like look at me, and I could see his gears turning, and he would just start, you know combating everything I said, so that was a good experience to have uh, in my experience, medical like the actual medical school interviews are not like that, but it's some usually could, more be. Friendly, yeah. You know? They're pretty welcoming. Um, I think they know that you're pretty nervous, and they know that, like, I don't know, to be nice and welcoming.
0: right. So you interview at the U, interview at Case, Mm Loyalist Rich, and then what happens next?
1: So I interviewed at Case early. um, Gosh, do I remember the day? Early September. So I had gotten... It was actually really amazing. Um, I had submitted my secondaries and then got an interview invite, like, within a couple weeks. And then loyola i interviewed in late september uh you guys were december 16th i think Mm -hmm. um and so you interview at these schools and then for the earlier ones i think amcast says that you cannot send out an acceptance before october 15th yeah so um and that was a saturday so i had to wait till october 17th to hear back from case western um and I was placed on the alternate list there. Oh, they told
0: you on October seventh. Yeah, interesting.
1: I know. And but it was it was good. Yeah. Um, definitely, I was like proud to be on a wait list somewhere. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, you know, you're disappointed, but yeah. at the same point, like, oh my gosh, I'm already on a wait list. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and then Loyola actually never got back to me because I withdrew after you told me from everywhere. Yeah. So okay. Yeah.
0: So then, I, I was it January I called you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just so to let people know, uh, especially uh, with our Idaho applicants, we batch you guys. So we have Idaho selection committee meetings where we have like Idaho stakeholders uh, who come down from Idaho and participate in the discussion. Okay, and so uh, we need to have like a critical mass of because, uh, like when you when you interviewed on your interview day, were there any other Idaho students? With I you believe that- there
1: were four. Okay,
0: so so yeah, so you know, not every interview day has Idaho folk or you know sometimes there's one sometimes there's four sometimes Mm -hmm. there's zero so we kind of have to wait till there's a big mass
1: yeah selection
0: committee then we can start sending out offers after that okay so yeah so we got into the U hooray hooray yeah it was great it was
1: like the best moment of my life to date
0: and so it sounds like we are your top choice yeah it was the whole time you started withdrawing from all these other places yeah
1: which was good
0: okay and it sounds like you withdrew from Whammy. I did. ha ha Whammy.
1: No, <laughs> but yeah, Doctor Chan actually called me. Um, I'm going to say eight yeah, what days. Were you doing? I was in my biochemistry lab, okay. so it's like the capstone lab for the biochemistry degree, which okay. is my undergrad degree. Um, and I have an Apple Watch, which was new to me at the time, and I like saw it vibrating, and it tells you the number of who's yeah. calling. Mm-hmm. And I saw the 801, and I was like, oh, solicitor." And I was like, "Wait, 801? I've heard this area code before." And <laughs> then I was like, ESO, "Yeah." yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I ran. My phone was like, you know, they have cubbies in the labs at Idaho State yeah. up front, and mm-hmm. so my phone was in my backpack. So I like dash oh, up. So
0: the phone was talking to your. You <laughs> talking to uh, my you know, watch. watch? All the way. I thought I had to be like had to be in your pocket no your it's
1: pocket. well i mean it has to be close but it good. worked from like across the room okay, and good, good. so i like sprint over i don't I'm, even know what people thought about
0: apple technology is part of the story yeah, right right but
1: yeah uh so i grabbed my phone i went out in the hallway and i don't know if a class had just gotten out or what but there was like a lot of traffic mm-hmm. in the hall and i'm like sobbing and jumping up and down i don't know that's like my excited response i guess Excellent. when Excellent. so it was good yeah. it was awesome i
0: assume called your family next and yeah
1: yeah that was awesome i like you'll never forget or at least i'll never forget my parents response to telling them i called my mom i was like dr chan just called me she's like dr chan just called you <laughs> i was like I'm yes
0: to your, what's your mom's name sue sue i'm looking forward to meeting sue yeah she's amazing yeah.
1: she's amazing oh oh this is like throwback to secondary time um my mom and my sister read everything on my application. Wow. Like multiple I would like change one word and send them the whole essay again and be like, Can you read this? Is your um,
0: younger older sister?
1: She's older. Okay. She has a degree in English and a degree in philosophy. Okay. Well, so really she was okay. a nice one to send right. them to. Um and my mom with her like healthcare background would kinda of read things and be like, Yeah, that sounds great. Or change okay. this word. Um so if you can find people that like will will still love you if you pester them over and over again with various essays of sort. Um, I think that was really helpful, Mm -hmm. especially to appeal to various types of personalities. Because you don't know if the physician that's reading your application is going to be like a flowery type person or very cut and dry and just wants to know the facts. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to, like I said, good writing takes time. And if you can add in elements of both, things that will appeal to people that want to follow, you know, a very emotional type story, but also people that are like, okay, tell me what you did. Mm -hmm. So. Perfect. Yeah.
0: So you graduated in May, mm-hmm. and now you're just hanging out. Yeah. How's it feel? It's the summer before med school.
1: You know, you're like going at 150 percent, especially through the application cycle, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of dies off, and it's like zero percent. Mm-hmm. It's. It's really nice for the first few weeks, and then it's kind of like, okay. They're getting kind of cagey. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked, actually, um, our medical school class had, like, a little get-together mm-hmm. last week, and I was talking with some of the other students, and I think it's pretty common uh, the summer before you begin to kind of get a little bit, like, ah. You want to get
0: started. Yeah, Bring it on. Yeah.
1: You want to get started at the same point you want to be in the summer feel, like, forever, but...
0: Yeah. Well, any trips planned?
1: Uh, My fiancé and my mother and I went to Chicago, which is where I'm from, Um, and we have a lot of relatives there for a week. Uh, We just got back, and then my fiancé is playing in the Hoop Fest uh, three-on-three basketball tournament in Spokane next week, so we'll be going there.
0: Okay. Uh, Cubs or White Sox fan?
1: Cubs or White Sox? Um, Cubs, for
0: okay. sure. Okay, Cubs for sure. Cubs for sure. Did you go to a game, Wrigley
1: Field? I, I did. We didn't this this year, but we go every summer. Okay. Um, and so I think it was two or three years ago we went to Wrigley Field and saw a Cubs game.
0: Uh, deep Ditch Pizza?
1: Yes. Okay. went. We went to Pizzeria Uno, which was like the first original deep dish down mm-hmm. in Chicago.
0: Wonderful. Uh, bratwurst? Yes. Polar Sausage? <laughs> like every single
1: day, Kielbasa? Yes. Kielbasa. No, I, I didn't, we didn't get that. Okay. But we got we went to, so Portillo's is like their kind of in and out burger, but mm-hmm. with like sausages and beefs and whatnot in Chicago. Uh, so we went there and then we would like stop. We'd be walking in the city and we'd just stop and get random like hot dogs or Polish sausages or whatnot from the stands. Beautiful. Chicago's an amazing place.
0: Beautiful. Amazing. Cool. Well, Pam, any, any final thoughts for any mm. reflections uh, to people out there who are maybe listening Yeah, really thinking about flying. I think. You've given some great tips so far.
1: Just kind of know that you can do it. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You can do it. For
1: real. I've never been the best at anything. Like, genuinely, I'm always just kind of there, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you work hard and you find what you're passionate about, it automatically kind of brings you up into the top tier of people. Even if you're not the best at something, if you're, like, truly excited and passionate to be there, I think that you'll get shining letters of recommendation. Mm -hmm. And... Um, beyond that it makes it like I said more fun to be busy when you like what you're doing and don't give up and don't expect to get 20 interviews on 20 applications and you'll be set mm-hmm. I oh one more thing uh, chill out before your interview day I like if maybe if you do the prep work not the night before but the, like the night before the night before you read through your application mm-hmm. then the, like the night before just don't think about it like watch Netflix or, go out with your friends or whatever and i definitely performed much better when i was fresh and not really like thinking of it as an interview but more like a conversation Mm -hmm. so
0: great well pam thank you for sharing your thoughts and we'll have to have you come back on after med school starts all right thanks pam Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.